Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. If you are in the market for week one running back rankings, look no further. We got you top 24 and flex options coming your way in three Two, one. TFA fam, welcome in. We got your week one running back rankings fresh out the oven, piping hot. Let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Kev, for week one, your top 12 running back ranks are as follows. Obviously, McCaffrey leading it off. Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, and Austin Eckler at 12. We have the same top two with McCaffrey and Cook. I have Henry at three, Kamara at four, Aaron Jones at five, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, and James Robinson at 12. So if you didn't see the the quarterback and tight end video that we did, we already covered the top 12 over there. But like we were talking about in those videos, week one is, is difficult to do because there's there's nothing to go off of, right? Like we're really like kind of like trying to look forward, but the only thing we have to go off of is last year, but so much has changed since then. But why don't you go ahead and start talking through some of these top 12 guys, guys that you like, guys you moved around, weren't sure of, and then we can hop into the – running back twos after that yeah for me at one um i aaron jones stands out to me as just a fantastic play this week going against the saints now some people will look at this and be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. this the saints defense was great last year against the run why do you have him so high listen the, the saints defense lost a ton this offseason okay they, they lost janoris jenkins they lost trey hendrickson they lost sheldon rankins i mean they lost a ton of pieces along this defensive front last uh, this past offseason and so i don't think this run defense is gonna be as good as it was either but not to mention the fact that aaron jones is as is, is utilized so much as a, as a pass catcher as well so i love aaron jones this week and i think that uh, you could feel supremely confident firing him up now for me i think this is more of a question of there's a couple of guys here that we need to talk about right saquon barkley i think that's the elephant in the room for week one it sounds like he is on pace to start week one it sounds like he is good to go there now there has been some more reports coming out that you know he might be limited and so what that is i don't know but here's the thing you're not sitting saquon barkley i don't care uh about the fact that he's going to be limited listen saquon barkley is one of the most efficient running backs in the league so if he's going to be out there i don't think he, i i mean i think we can all agree that he's probably not going to play 89 percent of the snaps right he's not going to get 89 percent opportunities fine I do think that you probably are looking somewhere, probably at 50, 60% of the opportunities from this backfield, right? And now this out now that again, he is a, he is heavily involved in the passing game. So I love Saquon Barkley. I, I I do have him a little bit lower than what I typically would. I start I have him at uh, RB eight in PPR formats. So I so again, um, I think that other people are going to be even lower on him than me. But I'm just not all that concerned that the fact that he's going to be a little bit limited than, than I think what other people are going to be, right? I'm fine with with Saquon Barkley there. You're starting him no matter what. I, I do think, yes, you should not expect the same sort of production that you get from Saquon Barkley on a normal week with normal production. 
But I still think he's going to get enough to where he's definitely a usable fantasy commodity for this week. The other guy is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. The Bucks were absolutely fantastic last year against the run. Okay, they were the best run defense in all of football. They were they were first in adjusted line yards uh, across the board uh, of, of all those of all those stats. They they were one of the best in the league, right, in terms of stopping the run. And so now we also get the the news that well, I think I believe it was Zach Martin is going to miss, correct, with, with with COVID. He's already been ruled out. So that's obviously right. already a problem, right, for for this offense and for Zeke Elliott, right. I have a feeling, and again, I think they're probably going to be playing from behind. And so if that's the case, that's also going to limit his ceiling. Listen, you're starting Zeke Elliott no matter what this week, but do not expect the same production that you probably uh, do. And people are going to be frustrated because everybody that drafted him last year is going to, if you drafted him last year and you somehow drafted him again this year, you're going to have PTSD. Because it's probably not going to be a great week for Zeke Elliott, right? Uh, but I, I, there's better weeks on the horizon, but for at least for this week, I would limit. I would uh, lower your expectations. Yeah, I, I'm going to be one of those people that has Saquon lower just because it, I, he's not going to get the full workload. It's not a great matchup either, so I, you're, you're starting him. If you have him, you're starting him, unless you somehow have the luxury of you have two other studs ahead of him, which you probably don't, right? So you're, you're going to be study, starting him, so I would tamper expectations. With Zeke, The because he, he was like, what, what you're talking about, he was one of those guys I was like, you know, how much lower can I keep dropping him? Looking at his game log last year through the first four weeks, he did have four, seven, 11, and eight targets. If they do fall behind and then without Zach Martin there on the offensive line, he can chip in, obviously, as a pass catcher as well. All the reports we saw from, from Dak and the beat writers said that he, you know, looked explosive and fast as ever. So hopefully they can get him involved in some screen game and thing like that. I think it is going to be rough for him on the ground, but hopefully he can add in as a uh, as a pass catcher. Someone I another guy I kept going back and forth on also was Joe Mixon, but again, not a great matchup. I expect that uh, that offensive line just get completely destroyed by the Vikings defensive line, but I expect him to add in as a pass catcher. Obviously, Gio Bernard gone is going to open up a lot of things for him in the pass game, and like I said, I really don't think Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of time to just drop back and allow those downfield routes to, to develop. So I think it's going to be a lot of Joe Mixon, a lot of Tyler Boyd. So he was one that, like, I I, I wanted to drop lower, but I couldn't really do it. And that that's kind of where, where I come in with this. And then I, I'm glad to see that you also have Nick Chubb as high as you do. I thought I was going to be a little bit higher on him, but you actually have him a spot ahead of me at seven. I have him at eight. But I think that he is in for a really nice game as well. As long as, you know, as long as Casey doesn't come out and jump out to like a 14 nothing, 17 nothing kind of lead, I think Chubb is going to have himself a really solid game. Uh, was there anybody else in the RB1s that you wanted to talk about before we move on? Uh, no, I, I feel pretty good about the guys we've, we've talked about. You know, I think there's some concern with some of these guys at the lower half. You know, the Austin Eckler's this week going against Washington, not a great matchup, but he is so heavily involved in the passing game. I think you feel okay with that. Antonio Gibson, you know, it's a tougher matchup against the Chargers defense that should be a lot better this year with all their guys back, but still his involvement in the passing game. And I just, I'm not as concerned with the Chargers uh, run defense. So other than that, I think we can go ahead and move on. All right, for our RB2, Two's for week one, kicking things off for you at 13. You have Najee Harris followed by James Robinson, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Gus Edwards, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin, and Damian Harris at 24. I have Sanders at 13, Gibson, Clyde, Carson, Swift, Montgomery, 
Barkley down at 19, Rojo, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, and Gus Edwards rounds things out for me at 24. Now with, with this, we, we obviously have a couple of guys who, you know, from you know 11 to 15 for both of us that, that we had flip-flopped. Was there anybody who, you know, maybe you had up at RB1 and bumped down to RB2 or anything like, how are you looking at some of these RB2s here for week one? Najee Harris is tough because um, we know he's going to get the volume, right? But the question is, I think for me, with this, at least with this game, is going to be kind of game flow, right? What, what kind of game script can I expect for him? Because while I do think he's definitely going to be involved as a pass catcher, this, this could be a game where he they're playing from behind and they're forced to throw the ball a little more than they actually want to. So maybe Najee Harris doesn't get the type of volume that we're hoping for, at least right out the gate for week one. But – uh, for for Najee Harris, like I, I think he could be a borderline RB one. The opportunities are there for him one hundred percent. So I like Najee Harris. Uh, I just just quite couldn't put him over some of these other guys. James Robinson's right there with me too. Like uh, James Robinson, I really thought about making him an RB one this week. You made him an RB one this week. Uh, I think he definitely deserves to be there because they're yeah. playing Houston. I mean, listen, whether Say no more. yes, when we're talking about you know like like DFS, it's going to be the defense that we target every single week. All right, this team is going to be absolutely horrendous this year okay and so the, the jaguars are going to be able to kind of manhandle this team a little bit i think uh if the jaguars offense is as good as what we expect it to be then they're gonna they're i think all the opportunities are going to be there for james robinson to absolutely crush this matchup so i think he could definitely be higher i just i just i i wanted to put him up higher but i just felt good with the guys that were just going slightly ahead of him yeah but he definitely should feel great doing it well, he's definitely in consideration. There's not a better match. The only thing you get worried about is do they do something stupid and let Carlos Hyde get more opportunities than he probably yes. should? You know, you just yes. don't know about that. And so we're waiting to see how this is all going to play out. Is Urban Meyer as big of a donkey as we all think that he's looking like? We'll see. But this looks like a situation where Urban Meyer is not long for the NFL, right? Some of these some of these college coaches just aren't that aren't it. Especially the high profile guys don't end up working out because they try to treat this like it's college. We're already starting to hear reports out of Jacksonville that there's a lot of players down there that aren't really vibing with how Urban Meyer is trying to run things because he's trying to run it like college. But you can't run it like college. You know why? Because these guys are getting paid millions. A lot of these guys are getting paid more than you are, and so you know you can't treat them like they're college kids, right? So, anyways, I digress. Uh, Miles Sanders, you know, we've already talked about this game uh, a lot, whether it's in the quarterback episode. Uh, we'll talk about it again. Absolutely love Miles Sanders in this matchup against Atlanta. Yeah. Listen, high scoring. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Love Miles Sanders. You start him with confidence. Clyde Rizzi Lair, I'm probably a little bit lower on. It's not really that the Cleveland run defense is like, just scares me. It's just, I just like the guys that are going a little, little bit more. I could see this be a game that's a back and forth where they're not really running the ball as much. Now he could still be involved in the passing game for sure. But I also think Jarek McKinnon is going to be involved in the passing. Like I continue to hear outside of Kansas City the the talk about Jarek McKinnon and that Jarek McKinnon is going to have a role in this offense. And so I think it's going to be at the detriment of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on certain weeks that that Jarek McKinnon is going to be the guy that we, that we see in certain weeks where he gets three, five, six targets, and it's going to be like son of a bitch, you know, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So we'll see on yeah. this. Improved offensive line. Again, it's going to take this offensive line a little bit of time to kind of gel and get – I mean, this is a completely revamped offensive line. There's not a single starter on this offensive line that played last year. Okay, that's how different this offensive line is. With that being said, um, you know, some of these other guys really quickly, like DeAndre Swift was tough because, like, they're playing San Francisco. Yeah. But he could see 10-plus targets. He could see 12 targets. He could see 14 targets. Like, they're likely going to be playing from behind. They're going to throw the ball a lot. The San Francisco defense is definitely going to be better. But, again, a lot of these guys are coming off injuries. It's going to take these guys a little bit of time to get going. So, 
I DeAndre Swift was tough. And then for me, Gus Edwards is a pretty easy guy. Like I'm surprised a lot of people are still really low on Gus Edwards. At least you know, when I kind of looked around some of the other rankings that people have out already. Like I felt like I was low on Gus Edwards at 20 because they're going against the Raiders, right? And again, I know the Raiders front seven is a little is gonna be better than what it was last year and everything, but yeah. The fact that I mean Lamar Jackson's got to make his life so much more easier because you have to account for him at all times. You're not going to be able to just load the box and, and just you know like go right after and try to stop the run. You're going to have to account for where Lamar Jackson's doing. RPOs come into effect, and so Gus Edwards' role I still think is, is pretty sound. And I think for him at least for this for this this matchup, I do like playing him. Now for me, the other guy would be Gus, uh, Miles Gaskin that I wanted to hit on real quick. I think Miles Gaskin, the more the more we've seen, the more kind of stuff that's come out, I think people are going to find out they got a tremendous steal on Miles Gaskin in terms of because his ADP continued to fall through drafting season. I like this matchup. I don't hate the matchup going against the Patriots. He is definitely going to be involved as a pass catcher. Uh, we I definitely know that. And so, again, I think this is a game where he probably sees 12 to 15 touches, which is probably where he needs to be. I don't think he's – he's not he's, he's not going to be a guy who's going to get 20 touches a game. I think as long as he can be efficient with his touches and involved as a pass catcher, I think you can feel comfortable uh, starting him this week. Can't touch on it with Gus Edwards for me. It's, it's a combination of the Raiders' front seven looking to be a lot better than it was last year, and I think the, the Ravens lost some of, piece, some of those pieces on the offensive line. So it's a combination of those two things. Obviously, Lamar Jackson kind of – takes away some of those offensive line question marks. But it's, it's, it's a combination of those two and just liking some of the other guys ahead of him. Ronald Jones is someone who, like, I have a 20, but I don't feel great about it. But I do think that they are – they're going to be in control of this game. I don't think it gets out of hand, but I do think that they are they're, – they're leading enough. And it kind of seems like, at least at the beginning of the year, Rojo is going to be the guy. Fournette's still going to mix in. Gio Bernard's still going to mix in. But with the implied point total that Tampa Bay has, I think the spread on that game is like seven. I think they're like 29 and a half tied with Kansas City for the highest implied totals on the week. That spread is like seven, seven and a half. So th- they should be able to, to be in the lead. I think Rojo gets the majority of that work. Daryl Henderson is another guy who I just like didn't know what to do with, but we like that offense. I, I think he should be in the mix there. I think at least for week one, Sony Michelle coming in late. I think we see him kind of start to chip into that workload as the season goes on. But week one, I think Henderson is, is safe there. Outside of that, like I, I really wanted to put – if I felt better about DeAndre Swift's groin and that, in, that injury, like if you were to tell me that he was 100% healthy, I think that there is a case to make for him. Like you said, you know, double-digit targets well within the range of possibilities for him, especially in this matchup that, you know, you could have him at that RB1, RB2 kind of fold right there and could potentially finish as an RB1 in full PPR leagues. But I, I just – I don't feel great about that injury. You had the the head coach coming out and saying, like, you know, we're, we're not even sure if he's going to be active. If he is active, we don't know how much we're going to use him. Could that be a smoke screen? I, I guess. But they were holding him out basically throughout the entire offseason program because of that groin. So I, I wish I could feel better about him week one because I really do like the his target upside in that matchup. But other than that, for me, like Gaskin, I, I with, with all the pieces that New England has coming back, I, you know, I think he's fine as an RB3. I don't know if I could put him in RB2, but like I said, there, there are just some of these other guys that like I, I don't feel great about either. So for the folks that are going to be starting uh, a running back in their flex spot, 
Is there anybody outside of the top 24 that you are interested in? There, there's a couple of guys that I would like to talk about, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Uh, Chase Edmonds is certainly one, um, especially in this matchup against Tennessee. Uh, you know, he is definitely going to be the pass catching running back here, and he continues to sit atop the depth chart. I mean, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see what that means. This is kind of one of those situations that I, I'm kind of interested to see how this thing shakes out, but we know his role is solidified as the pass catcher here. I think you could probably see, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to get. 13 to 15 carries or anything like that a game. I think he could be sitting more on the 10 to 12 um, range, but I think he's definitely in, in line for probably probably somewhere in the four to six range target range. So I, I definitely think that as a flex, like Chase Edmonds is definitely startable this week. The other, the, a couple other ones for me, uh, Javante Williams is this Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon situation is one that I am definitely looking to see how this plays out. You know, he was a healthy scratch last week. They, they basically said that they've seen everything that they had to see from him. He played the first two games of the preseason. Third game, nope. Hey, you, you sit with this one out. I mean, I think you could look at that as a sign as a possible good thing for him. Uh, you know, going forward, that they, you know, they feel comfortable enough to see everything that they've had to see from him. Uh, they've already talked about how great of a, he is in pass protection, which is a huge thing, especially for a rookie running back, to really get a true uh, opportunity. Could you start Javante Williams? I think you could, but I just think you probably have better options, at least at this point right now, with obviously no injuries and no real problems with your team. So uh, I think I would wait and see with Javante Williams before I truly felt comfortable starting him in there. But if you absolutely had to play him, I think you could, just because I, I'm not overly concerned with the Giants' defense and, and especially their run defense and what they bring to the table there. And so I don't mind playing Javante Williams if you had to. I just don't have high expectations. But the guy that I am playing – that uh, we talked about just yesterday is Ty Johnson. I have him at 35 uh, in my in my rankings. I like Ty Johnson. I think you can play him. I think it's a sneaky play going against Carolina, and um, I think he's going to be the guy who, like I like I kind of talked about yesterday in our uh, the waiver show that we that we that we released. That I think he's the guy. I think he's the man. I think he's going to be the lead back in this offense. I'm dropping my nuts on the table and saying, let's play some Ty Johnson this week in the flex. Because I think that he's going to be the guy. I think he probably sees 15 to 17 touches out of the backfield. I think he's definitely going to be involved as a pass catcher. And so I like Ty Johnson. I'm putting it out there. I'm saying it uh, just so people know that we're playing Ty Johnson this week. It is a Ty Johnson-friendly week. We'll, we'll reconvene next week to see how this played out. But I have a feeling when I when we come back on this, I have a feeling we're going to be saying, guys, nobody picked up Ty Johnson. He's, he's now the number one waiver ad this week. I have a feeling that's coming. We'll see. Yeah, it, uh, it it absolutely could. The, the the last two guys that I just want to touch on real quick before we wrap this up, both of the San Fran running backs are in play. I think you can start both Mostert and Sermon. Obviously, you didn't draft both of them, but if you you know whoever you have out of those two, I think you can start both of them with with confidence going up against Detroit. They're gonna be they're gonna be leading. There's gonna be enough running volume to go around for both of those guys to finish as you know in that RB2, RB3 kind of like fold right there. Uh, Damian Harris, I, I, he didn't end up in my uh, top 24, but he's right outside of it, so I like him as well. And then the I, – I don't feel great about this, but if you waited super long and you went full zero RB experience, I think David Johnson – You know, we, we talked about this game a little bit with James Robinson, but if they are truly using – David Johnson is like their change of pace receiving back. He's going to have plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity in this game going up against Jacksonville. I don't think they're going to be able to establish the run whatsoever. They're going to be playing from behind. So in, in full PPR leagues, again, 
This is only if you went like full zero RB, but I think he could be someone sneaky. I guess just to 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 keep an eye on. Outside of that, it's uh it's pretty uh pretty bare out there in terms of matchups that like I I really like or I'd really be targeting. Uh, th- there's gonna be someone who comes out of nowhere who absolutely explodes onto the scene. It happens Ty every Johnson. single year. <laughs> Ty Johnson is is uh, absolutely in the in the running there. Um, Outside of that, man, I, I think it's I think it's pretty clear cut. Is there anybody else that you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? You know, some other options that you could play if you absolutely had to and you were a little bit desperate, uh, you know, this week, depending on, you know, who you have. But I think like a guy like, you know, Philip Lindsay, I think I think could be a consideration for Flex. Boston Scott, Naheem Hines certainly could be in a matchup against Seattle where they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. I think got James White is, is certainly another guy as well that you talked about. I think all of those guys are kind of in that 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 conversation for flex play every single week just because they're in role uh, their involvement as pass catchers and everything else, especially PPR formats that you should be looking for. Last thing, uh, also pay attention to the New Orleans Saints and who gets that RB2 role. Because uh, Tony Jones Jr. is available on a lot of waivers, so that'll just be the the last thing, just to, to to keep in mind and to and to watch and see how they handle Latavius Murray and Tony Jones Jr. So, as always, if uh, if you do not check out the quarterback and tight end show, just really quickly, our schedule uh, it, for you guys to be able to ask us questions live, we will be going live on Sunday mornings, answering starts at questions. Wednesday evenings at 10 Eastern, just going over, you know, waivers, start sets, trades, all that. Whatever questions you guys have, you can always drop a comment in the YouTube videos and be sure to join the Discord as well, where that thing has been uh, pretty active throughout the, the entire day. So hit that subscribe button, give us a like, and we'll see you guys on the next one. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.